0: Such a joy to be here with you back at, at, at News Corp. And um, every time I come back here, it's such a warm reception and such a gracious reception. I'm very thankful. And it, it can only speak to the spirit that is here and among you. And this isn't a spirit that can be sort of turned on and off. It is something that is always there, and I'm very thankful. And I'm also very thankful that it's obviously here in a place that is full of controversy and and, and I suppose debate but where you can have a a presence of Christ in the midst of this where the Holy Spirit can actually guide thoughts and hearts and minds. But if you could just have a a couple of minutes of silence where we, I'm sure you've all been dealing with lots of things today, uh, at your desks, on your phones, on your devices, just a moment's silence, whether you're here in the room or or with us online, where we can just focus our thoughts. Thank you. Whether you're working in a large corporation or you are on your own, whether you're here in the office or at home, as many people are now, There is sometimes a tendency to forget that we are part of something bigger. We feel very alone, we feel very isolated, we feel that we're going through things on our own, uh, independently, and we forget that ever since the birth of the church, the first church before these divisions we've created, it has always been the body of Christ, with Christ as its head and all of us as members, equal, equally loved, equally cherished, equally important, equally valued. Our Lord, when he speaks to his disciples in Gospel of St. John, chapter 16, um, starting in verse 31, we read, Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Indeed the hour is coming. Yes, has now come that you will all be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Then he concludes by saying, we all know this verse, we all rely on it very often, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. he doesn't say you've overcome it. He doesn't say you're going to be empowered. He doesn't say I have given you the authority as he has in other parts. When he speaks in this at this particular time he says very clearly in the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And I think that's what we need to keep reminding ourselves of. And I don't mean to pitch this as a situation where we are always in conflict and always fighting and and always struggling because the reality is that's not our Christian experience. There are some times when we do struggle and fight and we, you know, have very difficult times, but there are other times when we feel immense joy, joy in fellowship, joy in in his presence and the knowledge of his presence, And, and that is incredibly important. I'm sure we all face situations in our lives that overtake us Mm -hmm. and overcome us. And we don't see, we can't see past them. Um, One reflection I've always had that's helped me is that if you're driving your car and you're coming up to a large monument or a large building, you come up to it and it gets larger and larger and larger but there is a moment in time where it is the largest and maybe you can't see anything else. At that moment in time, you drive past it. And it becomes a vision in your rearview mirror. And as you keep driving, it becomes smaller and smaller and smaller until it disappears. And what I found in my life is is that that is... A really encouraging way to look at life. Um, We face struggles and troubles, you'll face struggles here at work, you'll face struggles at a personal level, we all face struggles and as we approach them they get bigger and bigger and bigger and at some stage it is all we can see. But we must be assured that however it ends, wherever it ends, it ends, and at that point, you drive past it, and it gets smaller as you move away from it. Now, of course, it's easier to say this here, in a you know, in, in in a vacuum, um, you know, pontificating that we should all be so rational. And, and I must say, I, I have fallen into that same trap at times, where I can't see beyond the big monument, the immovable object in front of me, and yet. It will pass, it does pass, and when it passes, there is a sense of relief because we're fighting, 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 struggling, 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 we get to that point, it's at its height, and then you rest and I think that's that's really important, and I think this is where our Lord is saying. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. Because it is our Lord Jesus Christ who from that point, once we have overcome through him, gives us peace. And whatever it looks like, and sometimes we'll come off victorious and sometimes we'll come off with the wounds of of conflict and war and sometimes we'll be completely vindicated and other times we won't. But it does pass. And so that's why it is only in him that there is peace, because it goes beyond any wars. I suppose in the workplace we sometimes find this. Because if you were sitting in the comfort of your own home, not doing anything, not interacting, not working, not making statements, I mean why why would Why would there be a problem in your life you're in your own space you're in your own echo chamber you have your own comfort zone and that's it the more you move out of that the more you work the more you come here the more you deal with colleagues the more you deal with the world the more you say things the more you respond to things the more you are open to that kind of animosity and those potential problems and so in the world we will find tribulation There's one thing we say as Christians that is very true, but it's not always very reassuring. And, you know, I'm sure our parents and grandparents have said it to us because it's one of those big statements. And that is, if you're doing something good, then prepare for Satan to come after you. You think, okay, in that case, I really don't want to do anything good. (laughs) Now, why should I want to do anything good? I'm just going to sit here. I'm fine. I will will stagnate in my own space because I don't want him. But... That then does not allow us to be the good stewards over the talents we have been given, where we can say, Lord, here are the five talents you have given me, here are five more. Whatever those talents are, whatever form and shape they take, whatever opportunities they have. And so I think, while it is more comfortable to sit in our own comfort zone, I was going to say in our pyjamas in the comfort of our homes, I don't want to offend anyone online, because yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure what's happening below the screen here, so I, I, I won't touch that one. But, uh, but um, you know, sitting comfortably in our own space and not engaging. For people who are gifted, And talented and driven is not an option because then we would not be faithful stewards. And so what do we do? What we do is that our Lord becomes our constant companion. We can't leave him out of the journey, we can't leave him out of the struggle, and we certainly can't leave him out of a fight because It is he who overcomes. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And I suppose sometimes we believe in our own power and ability. And sometimes we believe in our own authority over situations and our ability to contain and to manage and to do. But there are some things that are beyond our control. And that's what makes us human. And while it is painful at times, it is incredibly sobering and it reminds us of that humanity that we have. Again, I don't want this to sound bleak because there is a comfort in handing over to him. You know, as as long as you are driving and you feel you have something to do and you're directing you feel a sense of you know stress anxiety and the necessity to do things now imagine if you're driving your own car and you're there with the steering wheel you've got to look around you you've got to navigate the routes you've got to look everywhere there is an element of responsibility and stress but if you're sitting in the passenger seat with a competent driver mm-hmm. you can enjoy the journey mm-hmm. and even if you're not enjoying the journey you can be confident in the fact that there is someone who is competent who is driving the vehicle and, and I think that's, that's where we must be that confidence that we're not driving everything and um, again very easy for us to say in a bubble, but when reality hits and we are in those situations, we need to remind ourselves of that. You know, there's um, one of the one of the most um, regular questions I am asked is, you know, how do I know God's will? How do I know what to do? And then, when something bad happens, is why does God let this happen? So, in knowing God's will, it's knowing Him and interacting with Him on a daily basis. It is being able to understand Him out of a sense of relationship and continuity of relationship, not just a sporadic, um, only when there is need interaction. And then when something befalls me, I think, well, is this from God or is it not from God? And I think that is a very traumatizing question to ask because we'll never know. But my reflection on it is this. We are in the hands of a mighty and loving God. And as long as we stay in that hand and we are protected, whether the hits are coming from outside just because of the lives we live and challenges around us, then his hand is protecting us. If he is enabling us to go through this, so that we become formed and shaped and purified, then again, he's going to protect us. So the question is never, why is this happening? The question should be, where do I want to be when it happens? If I am in his hand, when it happens, whether it is from outside or he is allowing it, it is going to be for my good and in my interest and for my protection. And and that is something we really need to always remember. Um, and it's something we need to remind each other of, I think, and I don't know how your fellowship works here. but. The idea of Christian fellowship is that, as we read in Ecclesiastes, two are better than one. There is an accountability so that, you know, I have enough people around me to constantly remind me of my own humanity, yeah. which sometimes is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's always a good thing because, because then if, if I'm not <clears throat> acting properly, if I'm not thinking properly, then I say, hang on, just wait, and I'm reminded. And likewise, if I see someone who is accountable to me, and I feel the same thing, then I can share that same perception and experience. And sometimes it is important for us, essential for us, to hear it from outside our own selves. I had a very dear friend of mine, Anglican bishop, who has now passed away, and um, having dinner with him. And um, he said you know, we always use this expression, it's a storm in a teacup. Mm-hmm. Then he said, but if you're inside the teacup, that's all you see. Mm-hmm. So someone outside can say, listen, it is fine, it's contained, it's 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 controlled. But if you're inside that, that is all you see and experience, and it is your only experience of life. Mm-hmm. So always have someone by your side who is outside the teacup. Mm. You know, another image. (laughs) I grew up in Australia, and um, on Saturday afternoons, there was always one of those old old Tarzan movies. Mm. And in those Tarzan movies, there was always a scene where there was quicksand. Mm, Yes, that's right. And in that scene with quicksand, you would always have someone going down further and further and further and then have someone who is heroically throwing them this thick reed and yes. well, I didn't realise that trees could have reeds that thick but obviously in Hollywood they can okay. and then they hold it and they pull themselves out Well, that's someone pulls them out that necessitates for someone to be outside the quicksand mm-hmm. yeah. so whether You know, when when I'm in the quicksand, I need to make sure that someone is outside it. And if I'm trying to help, I must make sure I don't jump into the quicksand. Mm -hmm. Because that is not going to help anyone. Mm -hmm. Because that puts me in danger and certainly does not help the person already in there. Now, scripturally, moving away from Tarzan, this is about, you know, not only building a house on the rock, but standing on the rock and having people around us who stand on the rock. And this is why in him we have peace. Because as long as I have someone by my side who is standing on the rock, who is able to throw me a line, and is able to either allow me to pull myself out, or if I'm tired, to pull me out, then I am safe in that knowledge. And I think that is the beauty of the Christian message and the fellowship we share. It is a complex yet simple relationship of myself with others, myself with God, their relationship with me, their relationship with God, and how that all works together to click into place so that when I need that support, then I have that structure around me. There is a reason why there is so much mention made of the body of Christ. There is a reason why we are told that two are better than one. There is a reason why our Lord sent them out two by two before his face. There is a reason why we have fellowship and we are able to walk alongside each other. And so I think we give thanks for that fellowship. First of all, the fellowship with our Lord Jesus Christ, and also the fellowship in our Lord Jesus Christ. Because when we use both of those elements, we can very truly see uh, our Lord saying, I've spoken these things to you that in me you may have peace. You're with me. They're with me. You're with each other. So that combination works very well. And then we're more reassured because he talks to us about reality. In the world, you have tribulation. But then the promise, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world.